it's only an actual failure if, if you give up. Otherwise, it's an attempt, like attempt number one, number two, number three, or it's a lesson. It's hard for people to, to just sit in their own space. That's uncomfortable for some people to say, it's okay to slow down for a little bit. The people who I surround myself with has made an absolute difference in my life right now. You don't know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing until you're in the next moment of life. I can confidently say I have zero fear around like failure or rejection or, or setbacks or anything whatsoever. And I think that has been one of the things that's like kind of separated me from, from other people. Mitch Creek. That call. For champion. This is the Performance Circus. All right, welcome to the Performance Circus, proudly brought to you by Champion. Now I'm with my lovely co-host, Beck. Beck, how are we going today, darling? I'm good. I can't wait to do this with you, Creaky. I feel like oh, it's been about almost, what, three months in the making, so I'm super excited. Now, for those that are listening at home, the Performance Circus is something I felt was a very essential thing. And when we started to collaborate together, we talked about all the limiting beliefs and things that go on in people's lives and how we can kind of turn that into a space where listeners can tune in to our special guests and just ourselves as well and really find ways to create a lifestyle with you know success physical mental personal whatever it is you have going on in your life this is a space where you can listen we can learn and we can try and incorporate these things into our everyday practices and i think it's going to be really empowering for people because we are so passionate about this we're not just doing this for the sake of it. It's something you and I have been on FaceTime for hours speaking about and we want to help people. We've already helped each other in certain conversations. So I can't wait for this first episode. We're going to do a deep dive into failure and how to get a performance mindset. So really, you know, digging ourselves out of those holes and how can we really change our lives, to be honest with you. And no better person in my life I could think of than to have on this first episode than the one and only Danny Kennedy. Now, if you haven't heard of Danny Kennedy, Danny Kennedy is somebody who has worked with Olympic level athletes uh, to the likes of Michael Klim. He's worked with uh, Australian champions, world champions in Dylan Alcott, multiple sports. He's worked with myself personally. He's got Keep It Clean at the uh, fitness app. He's got his own health and fitness app. He's got a podcast, he's got 6 million plus downloads. He's an absolute well-rounded guru of growth, you could say. Uh, he's someone who was a very close friend of mine and I couldn't be prouder to have him on the episode. So, first and foremost, welcome to Danny Kennedy. Thanks for having me, guys. No worries. Now, look, for the people that don't know your story um, and to paint a picture for everybody, we grew up together in uh, sunny old Horsham, God's country, the, the, the creme de la creme of towns and- we grew up together. We played basketball together. We went to school together. We've known each other for a long time and we've now been working together for a long time. So, for the people listening at home, tell us a little bit about yourself, your upbringing briefly, and then what you're doing today in the wild world of DJK Fitness. Yeah. So, as you mentioned, we did grow up together in Horsham. Um, I think you were, in the, or you were in the year above me, but... Um, from a super early age, as you said, we went to school together. Um, we played a lot of junior basketball together. Our parents are also quite quite close as well. And, you know, growing up in a country town, particularly that a lot of it revolves around sport, either football or basketball, the community through like the Horsham Basketball Association was always just super tight. And I think, 
you know, when I think back to pretty much all of school, the memories is pretty much just basketball, realistically. And then football, I think we even played a season or two together in footy. The old man was the coach. Um, back in the non, day, non-biased um, at all. Just played you all, all every game, every quarter. <laughs> I have a distinct memory of Creaky getting ripped off the ground after he marked it in the goal square and took his set shot over his head. <laughs> that <laughs> and although he was probably the MVP of the league, Dad just thought, "No, nah, it's not on. You're off, mate." Um, it was a goal, though. So it was we a goal. Actually, yeah, for six points. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so growing up, um, you know, I don't know what it was, but I just. Right from the start, like with sport, I was just super determined to be successful realistically with with any sport I played. I played footy and basketball. I always uh, chose basketball over football for whatever reason. I think I just had my mind made up that I, re- I literally didn't put any thoughts of what I was doing in life because I just assumed that I'd be playing basketball. In saying that though, right from juniors, I, I definitely was never the most talented on the team whatsoever. Um, I was always like the fringe player of like either just making the team or even with selections, you know, stuff like Big Country and that I pretty much just got cut, the last cut in pretty much everything the whole way throughout juniors leading into playing senior basketball. But for whatever reason, I don't know why, I just always had this mentality of like every failure or setback I had just wasn't going to make any difference, right? And I think that's what we really had in common as well. We both... Um, you know, not to blow, blow smoke up our own ass, but we both had a really good work ethic and, you know, we'd be in the stadium every single day together. As you said, we'd be at school together. And it was maybe year 11 or I think it was year 10 or year 11. I'd started to see, uh, I guess, a little bit more success individually um, with basketball. Um, but it was also just super good consuming. And by then I'd just started uh, training in the gym. I think Owie told me one day, he's like, mate, I was – Literally, when I'm like, I was the same height as I am now, and I was like 62 kilos. Yeah. If you turn now sideways, you disappear. You look yeah. like a brown snake. <laughs> it was wild. But um, I, I kind of always relied on just like the aerobic fitness. And as I said before, just relied on work ethic. And um, I got into the gym in maybe year 10, I think it was. Hated it, but then very quickly fell in love with it. Um, I think it was purely because through the sports stuff, as I said, it was just a whole lot of, um, I guess you could say, heartbreak or setback um, in those environments. And the gym for me was something that I knew that I had complete control over whether or not I saw progress or results and I could really use my level of discipline to change not only my physique but um, mentally as well because I was growing up, I was super anxious, um, cared a lot about what other people thought of me and, yeah, just very – I wasn't shy. I was just anxious realistically. Um but anyway, so fast forward a year or two, I got an opportunity to move down here for basketball for, for two years, um, being coached under Steve Brainy and uh, Phil Smythe and then uh, had some time with Copes, um, Guy Malloy and then Shorty, um, who Shorty's now a really good friend of mine. But by then I was obsessed with health and fitness. And um, when I look back at it now, I definitely was enjoying the gym and fitness side of things more than I ever really enjoyed the sport. I think I just tied my identity to being a basketballer or you know and i'd put so much time into it that i just thought that was i just have to keep going with this realistically and then two years after moving here i had an ankle reconstruction um and by then as i said i was obsessed with fitness so i was doing so much uh, of my own research and trial and error with training and nutrition and anything i do i usually just go 100 percent with it so by then um i hadn't really had much of an opportunity to work because we just didn't have time really and then uh, had the anchor rico, started my business as a, as a PT because I, I did that separate to school in year 11 um, online. I think it was through the Institute of Fitness. Um, I just did it online. Just 
I don't even know why I did it. I think I did it just in case I ever wanted to train anyone on a weekend while I was a professional basketballer. Um, hey, I've, I've been there too, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's something you have to do though, right? Like you've gone through this whole process of finding out who you thought you were, mm. realizing that you're not that person at all, and then you're now thrown into the world of being an adult, which none of us are ready for. We, like I'm sure Beck can speak on this, but when you leave university, when you leave high school, you get thrown into the mix and then when you're in pro sport or you're not, sometimes it's not enough to get by and, and you can speak on this probably a lot better than I can where you've got to go find your own way and you've got to start creating opportunities for yourself. Thousand percent. To be honest, I probably only started adulting like a year ago. I actually moved out <laughs> home underneath, you know, my parents' wings. But um, I guess as a female athlete, you know, we're not as lucky to be paid like the same amount. So you've got to find other things that you're good at. And I really resonated when you said I'm more than just an athlete. I mm. like provide other things. For so long, I was Beck the basketballer, yeah. and I don't think it was till I'm going to be honest, probably a couple of years ago, I was like. Hell no, like I'm way more than that. Um, you know, I'm a I'm a daughter, I'm a sister, I'm I'm someone who's, you know, really driven, this, that. Mm. And I was like, that was actually p- empowering to accept that and I yeah. guess take that on. And for you, I'm really interested through that that early part, what do you think your biggest failure was? Oh man, there's so many. But I think just quickly on that as well, though, I think that is something that um, to this day, a lot of people do struggle with, and I see it a lot. Um, you know, for, very fortunate now to work with a lot of athletes, and that is something I see so often. That it, the way I look at it now, and the way I, I explain it, and I've said this to Mitch even, um, is that you know he is obviously an exceptional basketballer, and so are you. But that's not who you are. Like LeBron James is not a basketballer. He is exceptionally good at basketball, but that's not mm-hmm. who he is. And if you can separate those two things. Then, because if you don't separate them, that's when people get so lost when they finish their career or if they have an injury or if things aren't going their way. And in the end of the day, it's just this story we tell ourselves, right? Like, even when I was, when I decided to stop playing basketball, I was literally thinking, like, all, right, well, all my friends I've kind of met through basketball, everyone back home, uh, you know, and I'd moved to Melbourne as well. So it was like, everyone back home is going to be like, what the fuck, you know. I just thought that my whole identity was wrapped around basketball. Mm-hmm. But then obviously I kind of – and that, that period after this ankle reconstruction was like the like – at that point I was like borderline depressed because I was like I'd gone from just living and breathing it to just not doing it at all. But it was the biggest blessing in disguise. But you, to answer your question, um, I think it was just a collective of yeah. failures. Like when I tell you I missed out on that many sides, I mean like every fucking side. Like I remember one distinct time – and, and again, I don't know what it was. I never, I literally not once ever thought to myself after like these um, getting cut and all this type of stuff, I would never, ever thought, never even crossed my mind to be like, all right, fuck it, I'll go try something else. It was like, I don't know why, but. Did you find having that chip on your shoulder? Because I feel like similar, I was like, I want to prove you wrong. And that's what, what made me better because you and I are doing the extra work. Mm. That's what separates us. And I guess I always still had that belief that, I was better than you, if that makes sense. Yeah, a little bit of that. But when I think about it now, it was almost like for me to stop, that was the failure. Yeah. So I was like, if I miss a team or if I don't play minutes or if I miss shots or whatever, I'm like, that is not failure. But if I decide that I'm going to let that get the better of me and I'm just going to give up, then that was a failure for me. So there was this one distinct time where I can't remember whether you were still around or whether you'd already taken off and – 
we're at the AIS or maybe even with the Sixers. But we had this selection for um, for state, and this was at the point where I felt like I'd worked my way up to the point where I was like close to to getting picked. I was in ITC at the time, or whatever. We had this camp and. Uh, did pretty well at camp and then it got to the selection process and we had like maybe two cars that went from Horsham, like just with all, like there was maybe six or seven of us that were at this selection thing and I was literally the only person that didn't get picked and the and the ride on the way back home was just fucked. Like no one said a fucking word, no one wanted to say anything and it was like that was the time where I genuinely thought that I'd probably done enough to, to make it and I'd kind of thought that I was going to mm. and then I didn't but to be honest, like the biggest what biggest setback or, or or failure, I guess you could call it, was having that ankle reconstruction. Because I was like, all right, I've, I feel like I've improved a lot in the two years here. I I couldn't do shit for myself when I lived at home, and I'd moved out of home straight after school for to move here, and felt like I'd built up a lot of skills and uh, in terms of just life skills, as you mentioned before, <laughs> I did fucking nothing at home. Um, so. I'd been forced to like figure all that out pretty quickly, and then when I had this reconstruction, I was like, well. I hadn't considered anything else. So I was yeah. like, what fucking what now? But, and I've had this conversation with Mitch about a number of different things. But now when I look back at it with perspective, like all of the the worst things that ever happened to me or the all the biggest failures or the biggest disappointments all needed to happen for the greatest things to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and now when I look back at them without any of those things happening, like all of the good shit in my life now wouldn't be here. And even like with business and, and everything now, like without all of those... Um, lessons of not getting selected or not playing minutes or whatever it is early on, I I feel like my attitude towards stuff would be different. Whereas now I, I genuinely have just, I can confidently say I have zero fear around like failure or rejection or, or setbacks or anything whatsoever. And I think that has been one of the things that's like kind of separated me from, from other people because now when I see certain people, whether it be with sport or business or relationships or anything like starting a podcast so many people are just paralyzed by the fear of what if it doesn't work Mm -hmm. and i think people really start to understand that the way i look at it hopefully this is answering your question i feel like i'm just rambling here but the way i look at it is that when you have a fear of failure rejection or setbacks so let's say it's starting this podcast and you don't start because you don't think you're going to be good enough good enough at it yet by not starting you're in the exact same position as you'll be in if it does fail yeah, love that. So the outcome is already a reality. Mm-hmm. So it can only get better. And, you know, if you're waiting to do anything until you're ready, then it's already too late. So it's like there, when you can look at failures or setbacks as lessons and just, um, you know, attempts. So like if you're going towards anything, as I said, business, sport or whatever, if there is a failure or a setback, it's like it's only an actual failure if, if you give up. Then. Yeah. Otherwise, it's an attempt, like attempt number one, number two, number three, or it's a lesson. Um, and if you can have that perspective, then I reckon you're pretty much unstoppable. And I think that's what a lot of people don't understand is that everyone they see to be successful, whether it's yourself, Beck, myself, whether it's LeBron James, Michael Jordan, you know, all these fabulous people we see and idolize through our entire lives, they don't understand like everything that went into it. You look at and you investigate and you start to study what actually went on, what happened. And then you see Netflix and ESPN 30 for 30s and all these different things where it tells a story. Yeah, You don't realize that every single story is built upon immense failure, mm. you know, deep, dark secrets, uh, attempts where, you know, someone takes from you or it just doesn't work out. And those things happen over and over and over again. I've never met anyone in my entire life that's gone, hey, mate, you know what? 
I started this business and I'm making a hundred million dollars this month and it's just awesome. Oh, Nothing's and guess what? Wrong. Someone just said, here, have a Ferrari. Here's some keys. Like yeah. it just doesn't happen. Yeah. And even for me in my life, I find that people miss, I guess, perceive like, oh, you just always had this. It was always like that. And we've had this conversation so yeah. many times and you laugh at it because it's not what it seems. And then there's no. so much time and effort and work and it's the mental side more than anything. Failures are one thing that everyone fears, but the mindset is what is the most important thing around those failures because without the failures, you don't get a stimulus response for, actually, no, that was a good thing because yeah. two months later, I had this transitional moment and now I'm in a beautiful state of peace or opportunity. And I think that's what you've been able to do now in your life. And I think if we fast forward to what you do now, mm -hmm. like you've got a podcast, um, the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast by yours truly yourself, but you know, 6 million plus downloads. Mm. You've reached a worldwide audience. You Round know. of applause. We're at no views right now and we're <laughs> starting our journey, but we've literally chosen the most podcasted human on the earth to, <laughs> to do. But then you turn around and you've worked with Olympians, Australian level athletes, international superstars. You've worked with, you know, TV personalities, every single kind of human on this earth. What do you think is a few of the contributing factors as to what makes those individuals or those businesses and companies that are ran successful and what separates them from everyone else who has those, as we've talked about, limiting beliefs? Yeah, I think the, the answer that pretty much applies to all of them is, and it's all, it's typically the answer that people don't want to hear, but it's, it's just doing the small efforts consistently well, just on a daily or weekly, like just on a consistent basis. So the small things done exceptionally well consistently over time just compounds so podcast is a good example i, I started that um you know we're just about to do episode 500 uh by the end of, before the end of this year for the first 12 to 18 months mind you at this stage fucking no one even knew what a podcast was pretty much but for the first 18 months i think i had a total of about 500 downloads and it hit a point where like the monthly downloads pretty much just stayed the same like literally give or take one or two for 18 months but i made the commitment from day one that I was going to put out an episode every single week regardless of what the what the response was or what the engagement was knowing that collectively over time if i just continue to put in those small investments every single week that eventually if the content's good and people find it then there's going to be a whole library of of value and stuff for people to to listen to and and, it, and either way like even with the podcast i think it's just getting to meet and have good conversations with people that you don't get a chance to otherwise that's why i love it so much but I think there's a stat with podcasts. I think it's, I'm going to stuff it up, but it's like, I think it's 95% of podcasts don't make it past episode five or 10 or something along those lines. Yeah, right? but everyone after that has a, a chance of blowing up. Yeah. And it's the same with businesses. Like, I think it's most people who start businesses don't last longer than five years or whatever or something like that. So, whether it be that, whether it be, you know, opportunities to work with athletes and, and, and stuff like that, which I'm very grateful for. It all has literally just come down to just an immense amount of consistency and compounding efforts of all the small things that that people probably know needs to be done, but people want shit to happen in a really short period of time. Whereas I've always had like this expanded horizon of like how long I'm going to allow for things to, to work out and that's what works in my favor, I think. And then, you know, even the opportunities with work, it, it has come back to what we started with. It's like reaching out to people um, who have never met you before and offering value for free and being you know willing to, for them to say no or to leave you on red and 
and just offer value and just put yourself out there because if you don't if you don't fucking ask then you're never going to know like i've had even this year i reckon there's probably been five guests on the podcast who i've been following up with every six months for like probably three to four years and it's just finally like they've finally said yes or like the show's gotten to the point where i can add enough value where they are going to come on but it's like if they say no and i just go i'll crack the sides and act like i'm like play the victim (laughs) and talk about it and then it's never going to happen so i think um with all of the stuff that i get to do now um i do feel very lucky and grateful but without like sounding arrogant at the same time i also know that it, it hasn't just happened as you said it's happened because of all of the time and effort that I've put in and um, and that has now kind of just clarified for me that that's something that can't just stop now. As you would know, it's like you don't make the NBL and then you just fucking train once you a week and suit up on the weekends. It's yeah. like that's when the real work actually starts and you got to keep leveling up and keep fine-tuning and keep doing what you did to get there. And, and if you can do that and you can continue to show up and as we said before, if you don't just let a setback or a failure completely derail you for good, then I genuinely, like I said it before, I think you're pretty unstoppable. I'm like, it's there's so much that can happen if you just have the patience and the consistency over time. And, you know, as I said, like, Beck, we, we don't know each other super well, but I would imagine you'd be exactly the same. Like, that's what I've always admired about you is that, Mitch, is that you have always just been consistently putting in the work time and time and time again, and it hasn't stopped. It's just amplified the further you've got throughout your career. And as I said, I'm sure you're exactly the same. But... As I said, it's just typically stuff that people don't want to hear because it's the harder option. Um, but there is no, there's literally no secret to success, I don't think. It's just, as I said, it's the stuff that people know they need to do but aren't willing to do it or aren't willing to have enough patience to allow it to play out. I've Speaking about your journey from, I guess, where you started and what you were doing to now and how almost like you've evolved as a person, um, obviously did a bit of research as well and you said in 2017 that's when you fully started your like meditation mm. mindset i've tried a few times like uh i can't sit still and i think it's like that's big, adhd yeah. that's undiagnosed undiagnosed yeah. but <laughs> self-diagnosed no. just got diagnosed <laughs> you've got adhd but do you think that has really changed the game for you and how maybe you see a failure or a setback does your mindset work differently now since you i guess implemented that into your like living day-to-day regime for sure i feel like over the years particularly since i've started the social media stuff my business or whatever in particular i've always just the way i look at it is that i go and try something uh experience it share my experiences and hopefully that adds value to people and so it's pretty much just been like a the path of my life through social media or if, like, if I know someone then then personally obviously but I at about 2017 I had I was basically all physical it was like work 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 harder than anyone else um, and I still think work ethics important but there was no mental side to it whatsoever so I was just pretty much just burning the candle at both ends and then it got to the point where uh, again I was like quite anxious whatever and so still staying on the the path of 
hard work, I basically set this goal of like meditating every day for 2017. So when I look back at it now, it kind of defeated the purpose because it just ended up being this practical goal of like still ticking shit off every day. Yeah. But Don't do more work, but do 20 minutes every day, <laughs> every single yeah. day for the rest of my life. Well, I can tell you it was like, I, I counted it as a as a meditation if it went for three minutes or longer. So there was a lot of them that There's were just hope. absolute useless. There's hope. <laughs> um, you just got to last three minutes, Beck. That's it. Yeah, but yeah. So I meditated every day that year. But in that process, I started. Like I read my first book on personal development. I'd attended like a, a Wim Hof workshop and a few other things around mindset and personal development that actually kind of like lit up a bit of a fire inside of me about understanding it better and just trying to become a, a better person. Yeah. And then the more I continued to dive down that rabbit hole, I just learned more about meditation and and also gained the understanding that, you know, I explain this to a lot of clients now and this will probably help you, is that the harder you try at meditating, the worse it's going to be. And and literally just like anything else, it's, it's pretty much, it's kind of a skill. It's like we don't expect to be good at anything in the space of a few weeks realistically yeah whereas meditation that may take a little longer but at the same time it's like if you're judging your meditation as good or bad then it's not it's kind of defeating the purpose so as i learned more about meditation and um how to actually use it for certain purposes and stuff like before it was more so about just switching off and trying to sit still for a little bit whereas now i, I genuinely use it uh, and I, this has come with a better understanding of, you know, the law of attraction and law of vibration and all this stuff as well. But I use my meditation now realistically to kind of create my future. Um, and I know that for people who haven't experienced meditation much before, it might sound a bit stupid, but now it's literally just becoming completely present. It's starting to visualize like anyone, any successful person does or anyone who has stuff in their life that they've always wanted. It's, it's visualizing exactly you know what i'm trying to attract it's trying to feel those emotions before it's happened it's having more self-awareness it's starting to just understand myself better so that ultimately i can just continue to evolve and be a better person realistically so now whether it's decision making whether it, uh, it is things like setbacks or um, frustrations or you know one that happens for people a lot is just things not going the way that you wanted them to or expected them to like just having a much better understanding of you know, everything happening for a reason and um, yeah. and things don't have to go the way that I want them to go because it might it could be better yeah. or and, and there's always lessons in it. But yeah, now I've I'll do kind of between, you know, some days an hour every day. Um but the difference now is that I genuinely look forward to it. Whereas before it was like I just need to tick this shit off yeah. and get it done. But I uh I genuinely really, really enjoy it now and you know doing more mindset coaching as well. It's been really, really cool to be able to explain it properly in coaching sessions with clients and whether it be athletes or just gen pop um, people as well and see how much of an impact it has on their life when they're able to just really start to get intentional about what they want their life to look like and aligning themselves with that outcome and just having a better self-awareness and actually being intentional about what kind of frequency you're showing up with every day because um, I think – a lot of people are just on autopilot or have a lot of, you know, a lot of levels of conditioning. So they just think their life is the way it is and that's the way it's always going to be and there's no other way for it to be. Um, but again, that's just an autopilot thing. And I think if you can get intentional, just like anything, if you get very, really clear on what it is that you want or what, what type of life you want to live, um, a lot can change in a short period of time. And I think for people that listen at home and they go, oh, look, it's easy just to sit there and say, oh, you just meditate for 20 minutes a day and you're going to feel better. You have to have intention. You have mm -hmm. to have a understanding of what it is you're trying to foresee in your future, whether it's a habit, a 
a cycle that you're in that you don't want to be in anymore, mm. whether it's negative thought, whether you're hard on yourself or you're concerned about how you look or what you're eating. It actually just does wonders sitting there in your own space. You can put on a little YouTube playlist. Like mm. you've sent me a bunch of stuff in the past where it's like, hey, just give this a listen. It's 20 minutes. Mm. Now, I've done this with my partner. I've done this with friends and family and I sit on the beach or I sit somewhere in a quiet space we put it on and then after maybe like 15 minutes, I look up and that person's kind of gone right out of the room. And I'm like, yeah. oh, cool. Awesome. I look at Danielle and she's just actually just looking at me. It's been like 15 minutes. I'm like, you're meant to be doing this. Yeah, it's it's hard for people to, to just sit in their own space and but that's, kind of switch off. And that's the hard part that mm-hmm. people don't understand. That, that's uncomfortable for some people to say it's okay to slow down for a little bit. Good point. Like in anything in life, literally if it's in the gym, if it's improving basketball, if it's just making any, any change in life requires some form of uh, discomfort, resistance and an unfamiliar feeling. So, if it's comfortable, if it's safe, if it's, uh, if it's familiar, nothing is going to be any different because you've already experienced it before. So, just like going to the gym, if I go and do a bicep curl with the same weight for the same reps every single week, it's going to get to a point in time very quickly where my body's not going to change. The only way for it to change is to provide more resistance or do more volume, which is uncomfortable, but it forces you to grow. So I think the the main reason why a lot of people struggle with meditation, and this is why I did, is because I just had so much resistance to sitting with myself and my own thoughts. Mm-hmm. So that's when things like limiting beliefs and stuff come into play and that requires like a lot of vulnerability, but... Literally, if you think about any good changes in your life, there was a period there where it was very uncomfortable and there was resistance, but on the other side of it is growth. So now that's where I look at it, just as an opportunity for for growth. And as you said, it's just being able to ultimately if you can get to the point where you you can find like peace and happiness with absolutely nothing or no one or nowhere, which is what I find meditation is, then that's when life starts to get good because you're not needing anything or anyone to bring it that happiness for you. Yeah, I, I think that you speak about something there that's so key. I think for you know us as athletes, us as human beings, us as people involved with businesses and other things in our world, you have to be able to sit in your own space and be okay with that because to do that, you have to be okay with yourself. Mm. And if you haven't really looked at yourself in the mirror, I think everyone kind of says, oh, go and look at yourself in the mirror. Yeah, that's a bad attitude or you did a bad job. Well, it's not, a, it's not always good and bad. We've spoken about it. There's the old you know Chinese... Um, paraphrase where you know the, the the war comes and the horse goes and comes back and says, oh, my horse is gone. If you haven't heard of that before, kind of type it in Google, just like Chinese horse, you know, good, bad story and it will probably pop up. But you don't know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing until you're in the next moment of life. Mm. And you speak about something before, which I think is so vital, is the law of attraction. Now, I know we've done some work on this, but law of attraction is a little similar to sitting in a meditative state and you know being with yourself but just quickly touch on that and then i want to try and get into some other things that you are doing you have done and what you are doing moving forward but the law of attraction law of vibration Mm. what is it for people that aren't really aware of it i'll do my best job at explaining it because you are good at this and you've done this we've done work together with this and it's something that we although i don't do as many sessions as i should because i'm (laughs) sometimes too busy and i leave you on red for a few days but it is something that I'm finding I need more of lately. Mm-hmm. And when I do do it and put time into it, I'm such a more at peace human with myself. Well, I think, you know, firstly, I guarantee both of you have, have done this, whether you're intentional or knowingly doing it or not. Um, everyone has done it at some point in their life. So I think things like the law of attraction and the law of vibration, what I usually say to people is that 
it's happening around us regardless of whether you like it or not. So you may as well use it to your advantage. And when you start to gain an understanding of it, you can actually kind of look back at your life or how life looks at the moment and you can actually attribute it to why your life looks the way it does, right? So one of the biggest things is intention and you mentioned that before. It's just getting really clear on what it actually is that you want, right? So many people are disappointed with where they're at in life or outcomes or whatever, but they've never actually declared what it is that they genuinely want. And I think that in itself is a big problem. So many people spend a lot of their time thinking and talking about shit they don't want or that they don't want to happen. Even simple stuff, right? I hope it doesn't rain today and it fucking rains. <laughs> it rains. And then or like, like oh, I hope I don't bump into this person in you see him or I hope this doesn't happen. But what I've learned is that where your focus is, is what you get more of, right? So examples that I've used is like your birthday, right? Most people enjoy their birthday. Birthday could be weather like today. It could be like a Monday, it could be raining. You could have a day full of shit meetings at work and you'll have the best day. And literally the only reason, the only change from that day to any other day is because you've decided you should have a good day because it's your birthday. No one else really gives a shit that it's your birthday. Everyone will say happy birthday, but realistically, i think about it for three seconds and that's it. No one cares. And Facebook actually <laughs> lets you just send an automatic like happy birthday to emojis yeah. like, oh, that was really heartfelt. Thanks, Ben. And That's I know realize. they didn't know it was my birthday. No. I'm like, just test everyone. <laughs> but that is a prime example, right? The only difference on that day compared to any other day is the fact that you've intentionally made this decision or subconsciously think that you should have a good day. Once you realize that, and that's like the law of vibration playing out, it's like, where we put our attention and our focus is what we get more of. So think about whenever you're in a really good mood or things are going really well in life. It might be new relationship. It could be after winning a game. It could be anything. You tend to attract more things on that same frequency, so more positive things. Same applies though with a, having a shit day. It's like you get cut off on the way to training and you lose your shit. Then you read an email and that's pissed you off and then you go to training and then you're doing defense for the next hour and then – you, you just basically create this negative flow for yourself because you continue to focus on the negatives and that's what you're going to get more of. So once you start to understand that and that is like the law of vibration and energy frequencies and stuff, it's like it just makes total sense. It's like if I continue to place intention on what I want, how I want to feel, things that make me feel good, I'm going to continue to get more of them. And with the law of attraction, it's realistically like Facebook ads is how I've explained it to you. You go on with Facebook ads, you go on Google and you type in, I want to buy a, a road podcaster mic. And then you go on Instagram or Facebook and you get a million ads for these road microphones. That's exactly the same as you literally just writing down, saying to yourself, talking to a friend intentionally about exactly the outcome that you want. It's like when you decide to buy a, a new car, you've figured out exactly what you want and then you go for a drive and then all of a sudden it's like every second car on the road is the one that you want to get. They've literally always been there, but you've just never been consciously aware of them. Yo, that has totally happened to me. That's nuts. <laughs> you're That's like you're aware I've... of your surroundings for the first time. <laughs> we have this thing called an RAS and um, I hope this is right, a reticular activation system and that's what it is. It's like if I'm consciously aware of something, then I am going to continuously put my attention and my focus to it. So when you think of that, it comes back to the frequency stuff again. It's like... My, my manifestation or my law of attraction uh, intention, I've, I've decided what it is. The next thing is like aligning yourself with what you say you want because I think for a lot of people, we do a lot of talk but not much walk. So it's like I want this, I want this really good physique but I'm going to go on a bender every weekend and I eat like shit and I train when I feel like it. Whereas if you were living in alignment, your 
like the person that you are would already look like that. Like you'd already be having the habits of someone who has what you want. So when you can align those two things and remove any of the blocks or the things that aren't really aligned with what you say you want and continue to focus, as I said before, on the things that you do want to happen without having without worrying about when it's going to happen or how it's going to happen or whether or not it's happening the way you want it to, then things start to work out really well. And as I said, the, the Facebook ad is a good example because if you see that thing pop up enough and it's constantly on the top of your mind and it's something that you actually want, realistically, you're probably going to buy it. I know Danielle does. She's pretty good at the online shopping over there. I feel like this has recently really just happened to me about like six months ago. So there was like a year where I got cut from like two national teams and it was a bit like what what's going on and a deep, dark place. And mm-hmm. I feel like it got to the point where it's like, hey, you're allowed to feel those feelings, right? Yep. You need to. But then I probably, you know, time is now passing on and on. And, you know, like looking back on it now, I was probably – having like I've heard you say before that victim mentality and things were honestly just getting like worse and worse and that is not me to a T like I'm a bubbly I'm a fighter I'm determined I'm a positive girl so for me this was something like I hadn't really experienced before and I got to a point where I felt like this small and I was like what the fuck is going on like this is not who I am Mm why have I made people feel me this way or like I need I need to look in the mirror but I, I need to change my performance mindset and I mm-hmm. need to change I guess yeah my law of attraction right yeah so I don't know what triggered this to happen but I fully like something flipped and I was like screw this I don't want to feel this way anymore I'm not this I'm this like just because you don't want me that doesn't mean I'm a bad basketball it doesn't mean I don't add value Mm. like I know I'm loved I know I'm good I work hard um you know I want to do all these things media wise outside of basketball because I'm more than just Beck the basketballer Mm -hmm. and as soon as I guess changed my mindset to more that's your your focus went to what you did want instead of what you didn't want which was which is what had happened but at the same time, that's where your focus was. So you continue to get more of that negative cycle because your focus is in on the things that you didn't want to happen. Yeah. I feel, yeah. feel like I'm getting like a free session from you today. He's going to send you an invoice. It's quite expensive, I think I said this to Mitch the other week. It's, um, it's sometimes it's like a hard pill to swallow a little bit. But in the end of the day, once you like make the decision or realize that everything is your responsibility, even mm-hmm. if it's not your fault, then then that's when you kind of change your perspective and, and stuff shifts. So like you getting cut from teams is not your fault at all, but how you respond to it is your responsibility. Mm-hmm. So most people don't take the responsibility and that's what leads to that victim mentality, right? But then in the end of the day, like the continued shit afterwards is their responsibility. It's not the fact they missed a team or, you know, whatever it may be, get you lose your job or break up with your partner or whatever it is, it's like, it's not your fault, but it may not be your fault, but it is your responsibility about like what you shift to next. So then shifting your attention to what you do want, I, I would imagine has drastically changed how you feel. Nuts. I feel like I was in a deep, dark hole, which I've never been in. And now I'm like light at the end of the tunnel. And like, to me, this it's sunny outside. Like, but I think accepting that is powerful. Like you said, accepting that responsibility, mm. it's on me. And I actually found like the people who I surround myself with, if you have the similar mindset, you're going to help me grow and I'm going to help you grow. And I feel like who I surround myself with has made an absolute difference 
in my life right now as and that can refer to yes being an athlete but also if you're starting a business like my partner was starting a business and it was crazy to see how okay once he was like I'm not going out on weekends you know any spare minute is on the business Mm. it was very interesting to see who's your actual friend and who's stuck around Mm. and who's just there for the good times that was interesting as well but do you feel like you've ever made any cuts in your life to your like friendships or you know I guess outside influences because I guess they weren't serving you a purpose anymore yes yes and no I think um I wouldn't say there's been like any drastic cuts cuts off of people and and I think with that as well um because you know I, I literally say to clients now sometimes I'm like it could well and truly be like your parents or your brother and sister that are literally the thing that needs to be not removed but like you it's your responsibility to to like surround yourself with people who are going to actually allow you to elevate your frequency or whatever so i feel like i've just been very intentional about who i do surround myself with so as you said whether it's you know i I like to look at it like i'm trying to normalize much bigger ways of thinking or or normalized um, ways of life that i aspire to so if it is starting a business it's you know, trying to network with people who have done incredible things and and just feed off their energy. It's it's being around people who are motivated. It's it is your responsibility to to selectively choose who you surround yourself with because that does make a big difference. And it can even be like content online too. It's like the amount of people that watch the news every day and are just miserable. It's like, well, you purposely chose to put this on knowing that it's going to be full of negativity. Or Instagram, it's like following accounts that piss you off. It's like yeah. just unfollow the account. But I think it, it makes a huge difference if you have like two groups of people and there's someone in each group that wants to start a business or whatever it is, be successful. One group surrounded by unmotiv- unmotivated people who just drink, uh, inspired to do anything and talk shit about people behind their back and always victim mentality. This group over here is full of people who are motivated, inspired, who do stuff for other people, who are working on themselves every day pretty obvious which person's going to have more success or mm-hmm. growth or happiness so i think it's it's absolutely massive who you surround yourself with like the saying of you know the product of the five people you surround yourself with or whatever i think it's so true and and obviously it still requires you to do a lot of the, the work as well but that what you're talking about is literally just the the law of vibration it's mm-hmm. like everyone's been in a room with someone who you don't even need to speak to them and you just feel good because they're in there or you can just feed off their energy. But then the same applies the opposite way around. So it's like if you're around someone who is in that victim mentality or who is, you know, uh, resentful towards other people or who isn't inspired or who has a lot of limiting beliefs or insecure or whatever, it's like you feed off that as well. So that's where it becomes your responsibility to to be selective with what you are surrounding yourself with. Um, But, yeah, it's it's so powerful. I think that's why one thing, hand hug, Gonna get emotion. We gotta get it. Here you go. But I feel really blessed to do this with you because I think obviously I feel like we've reconnected again. But Creaky, someone who was like, I was, I literally got off the phone a few times and I was just like, this dude is nuts. Like he, he, you know, so much. You have so much knowledge, so much power. Like you've inspired me a lot in the last like couple months leading into this. And I was like, Creaky is someone who I think now was going to be my you know my good friend for life and I feel super blessed because there's just something about you like you said I can't necessarily say what it is Mm. but I'm like you've got my back I've got yours 
like let's go to war together. We've mm-hmm. had similar things happen to us, which I think you can connect on, but it's like, oh, it's a, it's a special feeling knowing like, damn, also people don't know enough about you and like people need to stop judging books by, by a cover because mm. you, you, you know, you take the mask off and he knows so much. He is so smart and he has so much to give, mm. but give oh. that person time. 100%. Yeah. I, I have this conversation with people all the time about Mitch, <laughs> like whether it be with clients who um, who I work with, whether it be with my partner, whether it be with whoever. I'm like he's literally one of my best friends but at the same time it doesn't matter whether he's met you five minutes ago or 15 years ago. He gives everyone the time of day and, mm. um, and that is infectious and there is a reason why people who know him well um, rate him so highly and have so much respect for him. And, um, yeah, it's just – if you can just be a good person and and you're you're willing to have time for everyone and you know you do put your intention on those positive things and um, you know you can stick to your word and 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 be uh, be someone that can be kind of like trusted or or relied on then it's hard to find but um yeah that's definitely you mate that's uh and that's why we did the performance circus so I can get hyped up like that and feel <laughs> yeah. good about myself um, you just want to give me that cash up yeah, yeah just I'll slip you a couple of hundreds uh, look it's <laughs> It's a good segue, and I look. I appreciate the words, and I think it's something that I've worked so much on. It's about you know Dylan Brooks in the NBA. Everyone would know who Dylan Brooks mm. is. He now plays the villain because he knows that he's being portrayed at that in moments, and he's kind of like, I'm okay with who I am, and mm. and that's cool. If I'm gonna be the villain, I may may as well be the best damn villain ever. I might as well be Bane and the Joker, and you know everyone all together mixed up in one beautiful crazy sideshow and that's what he's now marketed himself as and he's accepted who he is now i'm not saying that i've gone out and tried to do any of that at all but i think people only show you so much of what they want to see because like we've known each other for a long time beck and i've known each other for a long time but it's the first time i've ever had conversations with her about like life and real shit Mm. not like oh i had 20 points on the weekend and we won like how good's life no that's that's a byproduct of consistent hard work over a long stretch of time. And it's not a coincidence that we're both in positions in teams sport where we are successful. Now, I think what people will have to understand is you're only standing in your own way. You can kind of tell yourself that, oh, it's because this person did this and my boss fired me and that's why my life sucks and I can't do this or I can't do that. Well, that's actually not true it's an opportunity for you now to look in a space where you want to be in or you Mm. want to work in and changing your mindset as you spoke about, the limiting beliefs, having that law of attraction, you know, the the energy, the frequency that we live in, the mindset, like doing some of that meditation. It's so simple, but it's not as hard as you think. It's Yeah, it's also the vulnerability too, right? Like that was one thing I didn't mention in your little rap before. It's like you are an extremely honest person to not only to, to other people but also about yourself. But vulnerability, like, is is an actual superpower. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Um, and part of the vulnerability thing is, um, and I talk about this a lot, is literally just doing, like, a regular stock take on your own life. Because as you said, you can start to create these stories, whether it's limiting beliefs, whether it's, you know, playing the victim because things haven't worked out the way you want and you're not taking any responsibility for yourself. But if you can be completely vulnerable, then that's when people genuinely get to know, like, the real you. And I think it's also, like one of the fastest ways to build on your own like self-belief and confidence too because it requires it's hard to be vulnerable particularly if you haven't done it before 
um, like in some of the the coaching sessions I do, I'll get like people in a big group on a Zoom call who've never met each other before, and like in one session they're like crying because it's like you're making them all not making them they don't have to <laughs> but they are all like talking about something that they are extremely vulnerable about whether it's a self-limiting belief or whatever and you can literally just see across the whole group like as soon as one or two people speak about theirs everyone just like lets you know lets their guard down and and opens up and then that's when like life starts to get really good because then you're not trying to like you're so much more authentic and if you can be authentic then you know if you if you're trying to please others or or stick to this little role it's like you're always showing up as someone that's not you yeah i heard this mm. thing years ago and it was just like it takes one courageous moment to change a lot of people's lives sure yeah and that resonated with me because i've been through some pretty fucking wild shit yeah. and i've had to be booed off courts i've had you know uh, projections thrown at me left right and center i've had people that have never met me threatened to kill me i've had people trying to you know just vandalize stuff like it's been pretty hard and if i didn't have all of these little tools just to kind of get me through the days i wouldn't be here today and i've spoken about it in the past but i think there's so many people at home that sit there and say oh i'm limited by this and these are the reasons and we now have a few little answers to streamline i guess your success moving forward but for that whole scenario to take place you've got to actually want to change you can stay in one stagnant area for the rest of your life and mm. then you just die and no one comes to your funeral and you're just a, a piece of rubble in the ground like that's not a way to live there's so much out there for people to experience but we have to want to experience new things so mm. i think this is a great platform for us to kind of share some of those things i think segueing into like one of the quotes we had and this is one brought to you by champion one of our amazing sponsors we've got on the podcast first episode and we somehow have an amazing sponsor already so shout out to champion for their support so far and their continued support but i think we've kind of already answered this and we're going to ask the we're going to read you a quote and it was don't judge me by my successes judge me by how many times i fell down and got back up by nelson mandela and we were going to ask how does this kind of resonate with you and why now i think we've already answered that like mm. it's been a an amazing story, an amazing journey of, I guess, who you've turned yourself into and you're a role model for so many people. There's so many things you do. You have Keep It Cleaner, which is an amazing product. If you want to just talk about that quickly and then I want to obviously segue people to your podcast, mm. your socials, who you are. But before we get to there, we've got the quote. We do have, this is a small plug. <laughs> Four yeah. champion, they've decked you out with nice, a kit. Nice, nice. So next time Beautiful. I see you at I'll our wear, lunch, you kit. better wear this whole kit. I will, hundred percent. And we're going to tag the performance circus and champion. I'll wear, and I will actually wear the whole kit next time I see you. I'm <laughs> potentially going to wear the you whole have kit. To leave the tags on, even though there's a price tag on here. This is the most expensive hat you've ever seen. <laughs> I'll right. put a few zeros on the end of Perfect. it. Perfect. Beautiful. Thank you very much. So keep it cleaner. Mm. Talk to us about that. It's something that's turned into an enormous platform. Mm. What is it and how can we find it and access it? Uh, keep it cleaner. So, I, similar to what we talked about at the start, I'd, I'd uh, connected with, I can't remember how it actually started. Oh, I'd connected uh, with Michael Klim. I'd become good mates with Michael Klim and uh, he Casually, brought- just <laughs> Olympic swimmer, like no <laughs> yeah. one in particular, just and Klimmy, my boy. He'd, uh, he brought in a mate one day and, um, and uh, Dalton, so it's Laura Henshaw's um, partner, Dalton, and- um, I'd started training Laura for a little bit and then her and uh, Steph 
Smith had had some success or a lot of success with this ebook at the time. I think it, it was, um, and they both had pretty big followings on socials. And that was at that period, I just started putting a lot of content out around like why females should lift weights. And I'd had a lot more like female clients that were starting to come in and, and learn how to train properly. And that is, is that is something I know this is going to be very triggering for a lot of people to hear. But if you want to, and you can definitely say mm. this, but the whole myth behind like women shouldn't lift weights because Garbage. they'll get bulky and big. Like yeah. I am obsessed is- with the gym <laughs> and I love it. And going back to something you said earlier, like I had some ACLs uh, that I needed reconstructing and just mm. shit knees. And that changed my life going to the gym because, like you said, it's something you can control and also was a safe space. Like, yeah, yeah. And I, use, I say this uh, saying all the time. I'm like, like I've been trying to get big for like fucking 12 years, right? Still. It still hasn't happened yet, <laughs> right? So it's like when girls say to me that they don't want to go to the gym in case they get big and bulky, it's like saying you're not going to drive to the supermarket in case you become Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not going to happen. Um, uh. But anyway, yeah, so I was I was training uh, the girls and then they, they launched their app in 2017 and they asked whether I'd be interested in programming for it and um, obviously I said yes. It was a great opportunity and, and I was really good friends with both of them. So... Uh, they launched the first version in yeah 2017. Um, very quickly after that, they kind of shifted it across though with an initial company and then went out on their own. And yeah, grateful to have been kind of part of it up until now. It's grown like so so much. It's wild how how much it's grown. We kind of caught up with them just the other day, um, and we're talking about how much has evolved since that first one. And like even all the the filming and stuff of it now has just evolved so much. But for me, it was just a good opportunity to. Uh, share value with an audience that i didn't have pretty much like through um through their audience already which is was a lot of young females so it was good for me to be able to teach them all the the good habits right from day one because most of them initially the app was very much targeted towards people who hadn't been in gyms before or um were just starting out their training so that was really good and and over the years just evolved a lot now so got a gym program and we've been able to travel a lot and um, it's just been cool to have that impact on an audience that I probably wouldn't have had otherwise. Um, and yeah, it's been great. I think that's a, a great obviously initiative to get into a space that I think at the time, the last probably four or five years, it's it's really taken off and mm. you see a lot of, I guess, gym junkies in there now and there's a lot of women in gyms who are lifting and who are teaching and who are, I guess, instructing and showing a way of actually how to lift. And there's a lot of people that I come across and I think, why are you doing that? And I ask questions because I'm just super curious all yeah. the time. And they give you so much incredible feedback. And I think as a man playing basketball, uh, I can honestly say that women fundamentally are a lot more <laughs> in check than we are. We tend to get away with being a little more, you know, athletic and a little stronger, jump a little higher. But, you know, typically women are extremely fundamental and I think that was lacking from that space and I think that's something you've done an amazing job of. So, mm, massive thanks. hats off to you. It's an incredible platform right now. Um, if anyone is listening, keep it cleaner. Uh, this is definitely a place that you want to check out. Um, but I guess in saying that, today has been obviously the first of many for us. We are so lucky to have you on. I'm so grateful to have you in my life. I know you've said it to me about seven times when you've interviewed me on a podcast. It's nice to kind of sit on the other side of the mic and ask you a lot of questions because typically you ask me a lot of questions and I give you a lot of kind of long-winded answers and by the end of it, you need to go home and have a stiff drink. So, I appreciate you. Um, I know this is just the start for you. You've got so many amazing things going on in your world. Just recap quickly what you have going on, where we can find you, 
you know, things that you do offer as a part of Danny Kennedy? Yeah, I mean, well, firstly, thanks so much for having me. It's been a, it's actually been a really, really good conversation. So thank you very much. You've both done pretty well for your first episode. <laughs> My first 50 were horrendous. <laughs> so you're both doing super well. Um, but yeah, at the moment, uh, still still working w- with a kind of handful of people face-to-face, um, a good mix at the moment uh, with some athletes, but also general population as well. Um, obviously, I uh, kind of run an online coaching business as well um, where I incorporate a lot of this mindset stuff with the, the coaching on my app, um, but the Fitness and Lifestyle podcast, very consistent amount of content. Um, so yeah, that's probably the best places you can find me, but yeah, Plenty to come, only just getting started. So I appreciate you having me on um, and good luck. I'm sure this is going to do super well. Not this episode. I mean like, well, it probably will. Nah, this, this is, is going like, to blow up. The show will do really well. If we yeah. get 6 million views and beat you in yeah. one episode, then I'm actually going to hang the boots up because that is my limiting belief that- uh, I, I genuinely think it would be really cool though just to, to have um, people on here to get vulnerable and talk about more of this stuff because it probably doesn't- it's happening more now, but doesn't still doesn't happen enough. And as you said before, it's like you, when people can kind of be authentic to themselves and share a lot more about um, themselves being more vulnerable, I think it has the potential to impact a, a shitload of people. So Amen. looking forward to listening to all the future episodes. Uh, yeah. Well, Danny, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to have you on for our first step. Um, and yeah, we just want to say thank you to Champion for making this uh, yeah, episode so very possible. And yeah, for the sweet gear. If you guys like what you've heard today, please share, subscribe, like, repost the performance circus. Because trust me, we're just getting started. Cool.